fifth chapter of St. John. Very, very familiar scripture. <clears throat> John chapter 5, beginning, beginning with verse 1. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, Another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And uh, there's a little more reading there, but it seemed like I don't need to go into that. I just need to turn over in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, and read just a couple of verses there. And uh, you pray for us. It, uh, I know uh, people that's been around church, been around this way very much, has heard that scripture there in John that I just read. You've heard it preached from multiple times, no doubt. But it seemed like the Lord's sort of pressed me in a a little different thought with that tonight. And if he'll help me, I'll be able to preach to you. And if he don't, well, we'll just read. And, and if he don't show up, we'll just sit down. But Matthew 4 and 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people, and his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought, listen now, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments. And those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy. And he healed them. You pray for us for just a little while. I, as I got home lying in my bed, seemed like that thought, that man for 38 years. And I thought, boy, that's a long time. I, I don't, uh, hey, some folks that I know, I've got a good friend of mine that's, uh, I'm 57. He's probably somewhere around, uh, I guess, 55 in, uh, we used to do a lot of things together, a lot of hunting, uh, uh, just uh, uh, spend a lot of time together. We'd cut wood together. We, we, we growed up together, actually. And, and when we got to be grown men, we still spent a lot of time together. But he is raised in church, but then got away from church when he got old enough to drive. And I, you just, just bear with me here a minute, and I'll feel my way in and see what the Lord wants in this scripture. But... 
But as we begin to grow up, we sort of separated there for some time. And, and he went his way and I went mine. And, and I was working and he is working. And actually he is in Scottsville. I was in Glasgow. And we just didn't see a whole lot of each other. But then we sort of got hooked back up and got to hunting together. And, uh, and we just got to be real close. And we'd, I'd ask him to come to church. And he, he would, you know, always seem like give me an excuse. But uh, he... he he had married and uh, and his wife went to a little old church over there in Monroe County and and he finally got to go into church with her and and the Lord dealt with his heart and by this time he's in his 20s probably and and the Lord got to dealing with his heart and and he made it to the altar and and I mean uh, actually this may sound strange to y'all I I, I wasn't uh, that meeting was one of those pop-up revivals and they had never called to help her but I I, I I'd got out of a revival I was in and I went over there because uh, and I'll call his name because I don't think he would care but because of Joe that's why I went I, I thought I'd heard he was on the altar and I thought I need to go try to pray and try to help him if I can and I got over there and and the pastor I I had went to school with him as well and and he said he looked at me this, this is going to sound real strange to y'all but he looked at me when he got done preaching and that service had come to a close and Joe was on the altar and I can't remember actually Jason it was it where you was raised over there is where it was at and uh, friendship and and anyhow why uh, uh, Joe I know there was him and I want to say maybe another or so on the altar but anyhow uh, there there he was and the pastor looked at me and he said preacher have you got any leadership that you think you could help us tomorrow night if we come back and I'd never hardly been in that circumstance before you know and I, I I just looked at him and I said brother I I, 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 I what if the church wants me to come back I, I said I'm going to come back but if the church wants me to help I, I don't care to try to do what little I can and they had done been going about a week and a half but anyway I, I come back and we went on I guess for maybe another week in just a pop up revival and, and Joe got in a lot of trouble I mean boy he, he, he got he got in that right kind of trouble and he got in bad shape. But then after that, he just sort of, sort of things eased off. And we was actually, I don't know why I'm telling, I'll get to my scripture in a minute. But Joe's in his 20s, like I say, by this time. And he's, we, we get to talking one morning, we're out riding around and we always did that early of a morning. We'd get out and ride around, look for deer, turkeys, coyotes, whatever, you know. And, and we'd just spend time. One morning, it just, boy, it all come around. I said, I just, I just asked him, I said, Joe, what about this? I, I, I just, I said, you seem like, boy, you was really digging over there. You was really in trouble. What, what, what's, what, is something happened or not happened? You still lost? Can you tell me anything about it? And he, he sort of shook his head I, I never had, don't want to force nobody, you know, to do nothing. Things got quiet. I thought about when the preacher said that quiet time. Quiet time don't bother me as long as the Lord's near. As long as I can feel his presence, just his spirit sort of lingering in. You know, if, you, if, if the right spirit ain't around, sometimes you can get things to get carnal. But anyhow, I, he was real quiet for a little bit. And he, I, I sort of looked at him. I could, see, I could see an old tear rolling down his face. And he began to talk. And he began to tell me about something. And I, he was, I feel like he was wanting me to tell him, boy, that's it. You, that sounds pretty good to me. If I was you, I'd latch on to that. And I, I believe that'd get you there. And that isn't what God called me to do. And if you're expecting me to do that, and I don't think this preacher either, or and I'll be honest with you, any other God-called preacher that's a doing what God wants them to do ain't going to tell you that's it and you need to stand on it and just take it. Now, now I'll say this about old Joe. I don't really worry about him. <laughs> I just can't help it. I just don't worry about him. You may say, well, preacher, you just going on that one instance? No, that's happened about three or four times in the last 30 years. It's been that long. We'll get out riding around. I'll say, you got this thing fixed up yet? He'll say, no, but boy, I... He'll begin to tell me about a place where he is working at. He'll begin to tell me about a spot on the wall that he was looking at. I mean, he just, and he just gets filled up every time he says it. And when he gets at the end of it, you know what he'll say? 
the old devil will just get right down and choke him plumb down. And he'll say, but I just don't know. And that's how you leave it. And I'll say, Joe, I can't tell you. But I can tell you this. The God in heaven don't want you to stay in the shape you're in all your life. And if you really desire an answer and you really desire to know if that was real, what you got over there or not, I said, God will let you know. He's been a searching. Now, he's faithful where I pastor at right now. He's there every Sunday morning. If he ain't there, something bad's wrong. He's faithful. He's faithful. But listen, being faithful to come to church won't get you in heaven. It just won't do it. You've got to have a born-again experience. You've got to have that touch that can only come from the Lord. So I, I begin to think about, and I don't know why that, that come to me to tell you about him, but, but he is still tonight. It's been all of those years, and he's still on this journey. It's been 30-some years. I, I read to you this man. I, I haven't actually seen Joe Bow in a long time. When we have prayer, he will not sit up proud and look. He will always bend his head over on the back of the bench, and he'll, he'll call on the Lord there, and he'll at least respect that, or he'll bend himself over just sort of between his knees and pray. I don't know tonight what Joe's looking for. I don't know. But I do know God's got what he needs uh, if he'll trust him uh, and God will let him know exactly where he stands. But I thought about this man here that, that I read to you about John uh, and about that feast that was over there. And, and, and the Bible said as, as the Lord went into Jerusalem, he said there now well, there was there Bethesda a pool. Uh, and at that pool it had five porches. And, and the Bible said that they lay full of all manner of impotent folk. And they it mentioned, I read to you, several different kinds of diseased and sickness of folks. And, and I, I thought about tonight, this may seem strange to you, but I thought tonight about those people. I've heard folks tell their testimony. Listen to me, lost sinner. I've, I've been around this way all my life. And I've heard some folks talk about in their testimony that they got in such trouble they could actually feel the flames of hell. I didn't. But I knew that's where I was going. But I didn't feel the flames. I've even had some people go as far as said they felt like they could almost see the flames. I didn't. But I know that's where I was going. Now you may think tonight, listen, listen. There's, there's a lots of different kinds of sickness in the world that we live in today. Lots of different kinds of sickness. But when it comes right down to it, if you're sick, you're sick. Whether you've got the flu, whether you've got cancer, your body has an ailment that needs to be strengthened and it needs to be healed. Maybe it has some kind of dreaded disease that, that the doctors say, and that's sort of what they wasn't able to give Brother Brady his immuno, I believe it's called immunotherapy. I'm not sure. You, some of you that's in that kind of maybe feel, but I believe that's what he was taking. But yesterday, Sister Emily said the doctor said, didn't feel like it was any use, didn't feel like it would do him no good, maybe do more harm. And so they, they didn't give him his therapy yesterday. She just, she, she just, I could hear her voice on the phone, and I could hear in her voice, this may sound, but I, I, could, I could feel that she knowed, probably. And all she said was, Brother Tim, it, it don't look good. And that's her husband, you see. And she's a nurse, and she's done that all of her life. So I feel like she knows that it's, it's and she's known that probably for a while, but I, I thought about his sickness, and I thought, boy, he's not felt good in a long time. And, and you may think tonight, now listen, do I believe that God could heal him beyond a shadow of a doubt? I know God could. I know he could. 
If God finds it in his will and there's a, there's a use that he's got for Brother Brady that he wants, there's no doubt in my mind God could. But this is the thought I want you to understand. Whether it's his sickness or whether you've got some other kind of sickness, it's still sickness that needs healing. And, I'm, and I've never had cancer that I know of, uh, but I have had the flu and I have had pneumonia one time. And when I get those things, uh, I'll be honest with you, a head cold bothers me as much as anything about it. I've, it aggravates me worse than anything. When my nose is a running and you can't stop it, it's just like a water fountain. And you can't, every time you, and I, this may sound gross to y'all, but y'all, y'all know where I'm from and I just can't help it. When, I, when you bend over there, it just, it just goes and you'll wet three or four handkerchiefs in, a, in about a two-hour period, just soak them plumb up and you can't do and you take everything to the doctor and it seemed like it don't. But this is my point. When I've got that, you know what I want? I want some relief. I want, I want something that'll dry that up and keep that from happening. Never had cancer, but everybody I ever talked to that had cancer wants it cured. They want it ridden. These people that were brought, and this is what I want you to understand, a lot of them were not people that could walk themselves or could ride a horse themselves. A lot of them were crippled people such as this man that had been in this way for 38 years that could not travel by themselves. So that tells me somebody had to carry them. Somebody had to think enough about them to bring them to the pool. And they knowed a certain season is what I read to you. They knowed and, and all of those things. I've preached on all of those things. The season and the troubling of the water. But that's not what's on my heart tonight. What's on my heart is how many times are you going to go till you find it? How many how many times are you going to keep? You may say, preacher, you don't understand how long I've been a seeking after the Lord. Does it really matter? This man, for 38 years, he had had this palsy. Uh, and he had lain there in this bed uh, or wherever that he was from. Uh, I believe somebody thought enough about him uh, how to carry him uh, how to where they knew. This is what I want you to understand. Uh, they knew that an angel come down at a certain season to you and I and I don't know time wise if that's exactly what this scripture meant or not but this is how I can relate to it. A season to us is approximately three months ain't it? And the Bible said at a certain season an angel would come down from heaven and trouble the waters and ever who was the first one to step into the waters was made whole of whatsoever disease they had. So it didn't matter what the sickness was, what the ailment was. If they were the first ones to get there, they were cured. That's why they come. Now tonight, I've got a question for you that might be lost. Why do you come? Why tonight are you here? Some of you probably are young enough. You will say, well, mom and daddy makes me. And if mom and daddy didn't make me, I wouldn't be here. Well, now I can amen that because I've been there. I've been in that very shape. I went because my mom and daddy made me go. I didn't want to. I, I have before lots of times. And I've told this before. I, I've had to. When I was a kid, I had, uh, I guess kids still have it, but you don't hear of it much. It's, I guess maybe burning wood stoves and all that sort of thing. People don't do that much no more. So. But I had bronchitis real bad when I was a little kid. And I'd get, I'd get pretty sick at least twice a year, usually in the spring and fall. I'd get pretty sick, terrible cough, chugged up, you know. And Mom would get that old, she'd get that old Vicks vapor rub. I don't know if they even make that stuff anymore or not. You better hope they don't if your mom and daddy thinks about using it on you. I'll just be honest with you. But, but mama, after about the third day of me a hacking and a coughing and not a getting no better, mama, mama, get, she, this is back. You kids, y'all got it. You don't understand. And you might say, well, preacher, you're just old and old fogey. You just, you just don't listen to me. That was before pull-ups. 
That was in the days of actual diapers that you pinned on, that, that you reused when the kids outgrowed them for, for rags or for, this is what mama used them for. She had rubbed that Vicks Vapor Rub on and she had put that old, that old diaper, she had stretched it across that stove and she'd get it heated up real good. Not hot, but she'd get it heated up real good. And she had rubbed that on you of a night before you went to bed. And she had laid that diaper across your chest. And it set you on fire. And, and, not, and hit the, the little old diaper wasn't that hot, but it was just, you'd go to bed and it would sort of help a little bit, seem like open you up. And you may say, now preacher, but listen to me. I had that sickness and, and I didn't like it for a while. But I tried it a time or two. I thought, well, if, I'm, if mama thinks I've got this bronchitis coming on, if I can hack around and cough around, I might not have to go to church tonight. Kids are not as... I, I really think sometimes we as parents, we get blindsided, but kids aren't... They, they learn quicker than you think they do. They pick up on a lot more than you think they do. And, and I, you that are parents, you know what I'm talking about. But, but I, I, I didn't, didn't nobody give me. I had two older brothers. They didn't give me that idea. I just thought, man, mama knows I'd get sick. And she'd always take and hold me and cuddle me, you know. And I thought, if I can hack and cough around enough here for church time, I might not actually have to go tonight. And I tried that a time or two. Mama, now mama wasn't no nurse. She never had no degree of no kind. Actually had to take a GD, GED test. Never got to graduate high school when she was going because her mama passed. But anyhow, uh, th this is what mama do. She'd walk, this is Uncle Wayne, but she'd walk up to you and she'd put her hand right there and she'd say, well, honey, you ain't got no fever. She'd look down your throat. She didn't see nothing red or nothing swell. She said, you, you, you better go in there and get on your clothes. It didn't work. It didn't work. But I thought that I could use that as an excuse not to go to church. And that may be tonight you just come because mom and daddy make you. This is what I want. Somebody said, preacher, you're getting away off. Oh, no, I'm not. I want you to understand this man was there because he wanted to be healed. And if you're lost tonight, the reason you need to be coming to the house of the Lord is because you want to touch from Him and Him alone. Because you want your soul to be redeemed and you want your name written in the book of life so that when that final day comes and you stand before the just judge and the judgment throne of God, your name will be recorded and you can say, Lord, thank you for coming down that day or that night when I was lost and undone and hearing my cry and my plea and lifting me up as David said out of the mire clay and setting my feet on a solid rock and establishing my goings you can say thank you Lord because if you don't get that friend you'll stand before him in shame and you'll be a crying out for the rocks and mountains to fall on you and hide you and there won't be no place found for you here was this man I'll try to get on if I can here was this man, 38 years, the Bible said. He had been in this, this shape for 38 years. How long he had been coming to this pool, I do not know. It does not tell us that. I don't know if he had been coming for all of those 38 years or not. What I do know is it was not his first trip. We know that by what we read, don't we? Because when Jesus passed by that day, and this is what I want you to understand, the season had not yet arrived for the angel to come. Sometimes you that's lost, listen to me tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the thought. Sometimes this is what the devil will tell you. Now you better wait till revival comes before you go to the altar. Because you, the church will get more, they'll get more in shape if you'll just wait till revival comes. That's the season that you need to wait for. Listen to me. What you need, all you need to wait for is him to pass by. And when he comes by your heart, that's all you need. And from that point on, you need to start seeking him. And you need to start calling on him. And you need to be obedient to him when he bids you to come or when he bids you to do something else. Young man, a few years, let's see, it's been about three years ago. I guess we had one of those 
revivals, pop-up revivals where I pastor there at Caney Fork and there's a young man in, let's see, Brother Marcus is, uh, I think he's 15 now, so he'd have probably been about 12 then maybe. Uh, uh, but in that pop-up revival, he come one we had, uh, well, it's that preacher from Louisville I was telling you about, Brother Travis Vaughn. But anyhow, he come down, preached on a Sunday night, and Brother, he wasn't Brother Marcus then, he, he, but he come to the altar, and, and we felt like we needed to come back. And, and anyway, it turned into a revival. But uh, as, as the services went on, I don't remember how many nights we was into the meeting, but Marcus got up, and he went out. He went right out the door, and and ours were our, we were pretty high uh, up off the porch. That, the porch is several steps high, is what I'm saying to get up into the church. But he went out there, and I didn't know where he was going, but I felt like I needed to go. His mama went, and I think his dad went. And they was uh, as about eight or nine of us, I guess, ended up out there. There was another that was bowed on the altar as well inside, but it seemed like I needed to try to go with Marcus out there. And we got out there, and there's a little old, little old water maple tree out there, and it's just, it just a sort of a young sapling. wasn't very big, but by the time I got out there and got to heading off the porch, that's where Marcus had bowed, out there by that little old sapling. And, and several, all of us folks that was out there, we got to, we, we got to trying to pray. And, and we'd pray a while. And boy, the Lord, you could tell the Lord was near. And he just kept his head down. He kept on the digging and asking the Lord. And, and, and inside, you could hear him a singing. And you could hear him a praying. And, and, and there we was outside. And, and we'd pray a while. And we'd sing along, try to with them that was on the inside. But uh, after a while, you could hear him on the inside somebody got real fired up and they begin to shout on the inside and, and we begin to pray again out there by that old tree and, and not too long after uh, old Marcus comes up from there uh, and he begins to thank the Lord for saving him and, and he's told his testimony lots of times since then but boy he'll go back he said I sure am thankful that the Lord saved me out there by that little old tree uh, ever how many years ago it's been uh, this is what I want you to understand, lost sinner. Uh, if God bids you to go, uh, whether it's go down the hall, whether it's go outside in the parking lot, uh, or whether it's come to this altar and bow here or bow over here or over there or up here, you need to do whatever God bids you to do if you want to find Him. But there, here was this man. I'll get to that in a minute, maybe. Here was this man for 38 years, he'd been sick, and ever how long he'd been a coming. He just never was able to get in the water when that season come and that angel come down. And Jesus passed by this day, though. That had never happened before while this man was there. And how long he had been laying there, how many days, I don't know. But the Bible said Jesus come through there, and he looked down and he seen this man and knew that he had been in this case for a long while what the Bible says. This is what I want you to understand, lost sinner. He knows how long you've been in your case. He knows how long you've been in your situation. He knows just exactly what shape you're in tonight. And you may think, preacher, why in the world? I don't know why, but this is what I want you. How many times are you going to keep going? This man, I wonder, what if this man on the 30s, after he had had this issue that he had, this palsy for 37 years, and ever who it was that come by and knocked on his door or stopped by wherever he dwelt at and said, uh, are you ready to go? It's time for us to carry you down there to the pool. And he said, boys, I, I, I've had this sickness for 37 years and going on 38, and, and I'm, I'm tired. I've been a going Going down there at that pool for the last five years or the last two years or ever how many years he had come and, and he'd just tell them I, I'm, I'm sort of tired of making that trip and I don't really want to go this year. I, I'm not going to lay down there at that pool and wait for that angel to come. I can't get in. No way. There's always somebody that gets in front of me. I ain't got nobody to help me. Y'all just go on. I'm not going to go this year. What if he'd have done that? You know what he'd have done? He probably would have missed the only opportunity he had to have gotten healed. 
And this is what happened to him that day. Jesus passed by and he looked on him. And all he said to him, he asked him a question. Wilt thou be made whole? That's so simple. Is that, well, you remember what I said a while ago when I got started? I, I don't know of anybody whether it's a common cold or whether it's cancer or whether it's, it, whether it's a heart attack. Uh, my pastor's, he's, he, he's, he's having a hard time dealing. It, actually, my pastor is Joe's brother that I was telling you about. How ironic, ain't it? That Joe's been a seeking all these years and his brother in the first revival, he comes to Maple Grove, a little old church out of Fountain Run where I used to pastor. The very first revival he, he comes to and probably hadn't been in church in, in probably 20, close to 20 years. He's, I think he was 31 or 33 when the Lord saved him. Probably wasn't 20 years. He probably didn't quit coming. I'd say his mom and dad made him come till he got to driver's license age. But, but anyhow, all of those years he went in there that he didn't go and he comes to that one revival and God gets a hold of him and you talk about I wish I, I wish I had a video of it where you could see how God broke a grown man I mean just broke him and you hadn't worked with nobody in the field Terry could work anybody in the ground in a backer patch or a hay field I mean there just wasn't no quit to him and he, he, he didn't care how hot it got he didn't make no difference to him I, he was a good hand to work with and work for this is what I want you to understand but he was a grown man and he come to that little old church one night and God touched his heart and he saw he was lost and he saw he needed the Lord and he was he was a very proud man I, but you know what God done God broke him and he come down to the eight women corner and he bowed there and I don't remember how many nights he bowed I, but after maybe a week or so I, I, one night there I, and I may have told y'all about it a little bit before I, I'll try to hurry if I can but, but I'm telling you it's good how to go back sometimes and relive those things you've seen God do and how he worked in people's lives sometimes not children but grown men he done had two kids of his own he had done lost a little baby I mean it was the hardest funeral I ever had in my life I have a little old casket about like that you may say preacher what are you I'm telling you things this man had dealt with before he is ever saved but he come to that revival and God got to working on him and he come to the altar and he was broke I mean tore all to pieces and he began to call on the Lord Lord please save me I mean with an audible voice and he was broke but one night he left and he seemed like everything sort of changed but he didn't say nothing he had bowed over there and he, it was on a Thursday night I believe and he got up. That may have been the meeting that went on for close to a month, maybe. But he got up. He come back in on that Friday. And he, he stood up not long after we got to singing. And he began to tell what the Lord done for him that night before. And he just, he filled up. He, he sort of, he ain't got no, he's got hair, but he shaves it. I mean, he's just as, he's just as slick as a peeled onion. And he keeps it shaved. And, and he, he wasn't always that away. But, but when he gets to talking and he gets to preaching, he gets, it's like he builds up. He's sort of like a crock pot or, or a pressure cooker, you know. It seems like he just builds up pressure. And he just gets redder and redder and redder and redder and redder. And his whole head would just get plumbed just, just like a light. And you may say, preacher, well, I'm just telling you, you'd have to. But he stood up and the Lord is all over him. And you could just see it coming up. And he is having such a, he is a grown man. See, he had put this off. Been took to church all of his life when he was a kid. And he began to go through all of that. He, he, he began to tell about all those days when he was a kid. And I knew I had to be saved. But I kept putting it off. Kept putting it off. But it, it, what happened was the Lord saved him. I'll try to hurry. Lord saved him. A grown man. A father. He saved him on that Thursday night. And he had to go into work the next day. And he said, I got home. And he said, I got to thinking. What if something happens to me on the way to work tomorrow? And they ain't nobody knows what's happened to me tonight. You know what he done? I've never heard of this happening. He wrote a note, and he put it in his billfold. 
And he said, the Lord saved me on such and such date at Maple Grove Church on so-and-so A Women Corner on the front seat. And I just want people to know. And he went by his grandma's house. I, yeah, I've heard him tell it a lot. You can probably tell. But he went by his grandma's house that lives right there in Fountain Run on the way to work that morning. And he told her. Now, you'd have to know Miss Sarah. Miss Sarah's one of them old timers. And, and they, they talk a lot. And he told her. And he said, Granny, don't tell nobody till I get back in this evening, until I got a chance. This is the thing. I want you to understand this, Lost Sinner, and I guess I'm somewhat of an old-timer. If you get saved, it's yours to tell. It's not for Mama to tell it for you. It's not for Grandma to tell it for you. It's not for us preachers to tell it for you. If God saved you, you ought to be thankful enough to let people know what He done for you. And if you ain't got something you can tell for yourself, you better dig some more. I'll just be honest with you. But he wrote that note and he put it in his billfold and he told his Grandma the next morning and she did not tell anybody. And when he got back to church, he told, he told us. And, and he joined the church that year. Probably about four or five years later, the Lord called him to preach. And the Lord's blessed him ever since he's been preaching. We've worked a lot together. He's my, actually, he's my pastor now at, at my home church. And you may say, preacher, why in the world? This man I read to you about for 38 years had been sick. For 38 years, he had been dealing with this palsy of whatever it was, some kind of paralysis, I feel like for sure that he could not get up and, and be mobile as regular folks could. Uh, you may say, well, preacher, I, I don't have that kind of sickness. You may not tonight, uh, but you've got a sickness if you're lost and undone that's worse than that. Uh, you've got a sickness that only one can heal and take care of. And this is what I want you to understand. And church, I want us to think about this for just a minute. Somebody thought enough about that man to take him down there to that pool year in and year out. Ever how long it was that he went, ever how long that this angel had been coming by and this man got word, and I believe he maybe even had to ask. I don't know that he did. Maybe folks just loved him enough and said, if you don't care, we're going to take you down there and we can't stay with you, but we're going to leave you down there. And when that angel comes, We'll set you real close uh, and maybe you can get in the water. But that day that Jesus passed by, maybe I'm about done. That day Jesus passed by, all Jesus asked him was a simple question Wilt thou be made whole? And this man got real honest with the Lord. And if you ever get saved, you'll have to get really honest with the Lord. This man said, sir, he didn't even know who he was talking to, did he? He said, sir, I have no man to help me in the pool. He said, but by the time I'm a coming, I'm a trying to get there. I'm, I'm a giving it my all. Somebody steps in front of me and they're the first ones and I, I don't have anybody. And you know what Jesus said? He didn't say, well, that's a good excuse. If I was you, I wouldn't come back next year. He just said, rise. Take up your bed and walk. A man that hadn't walked in 38 years. A man, that's hard for us to imagine. A lot of y'all didn't never know my brother. Some of you did, and I mentioned him. Might have mentioned him last night, but this is what I want you. My bro, we had that accident, and my brother... Had, had a brain injury and was in a coma from, let's say, that was March. March till uh, about July, June or July when we brought him home. And, and so he, a, a, and part of his brain was, they had to take out, was before they had all the medicine to release pressure. And they had to take out part of his brain that was damaged to release some of the pressure in there. I don't, you may say, well, what you put, just bear with me here for a second. They done all that to him and. And he didn't, he, 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 he couldn't function like a, like a common, normal person no more. He couldn't, he couldn't do that. He didn't have that capability. Doctor said he probably would never walk again. He probably would never talk again. But I've said this, and I think I've told y'all that. They didn't know how my mama prayed. And uh, the Lord brought him out of all that. Now, he wasn't, he wasn't the old Greg 
but he was able to walk. He was able to talk. All, all, and, but, this, but what happened was where he had been so he went to this down to nothing. If you can imagine being in a coma for that long, just laying there in the bed. And uh, that fed him through us back then was stomach tube, you know. And uh, he had a trach in. All those things, you know, I've seen. I mean, he had that when we brought him home. Doctor said, we've done all we can do, Miss Eaton. Mr. Eaton, you, you, just, you can take him home. You can blend food up. You can feed him as good as we can. You can get you one of those suction machines, take care of the trach, and, and we've done all we can do. They sent him home, I, I guess, maybe to die. I don't know, but he didn't die. That was for physical therapy. See, we, we depend so much on doctors anymore and what the doctors can do when really and truly there's one the Bible says is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And, and this is what I, I believe that man that day that had been in this case for 38 years, I believe this man that was speaking to him, there was something about what he was a saying. There was something about his command to arise and take up your bed and walk. I, I believe he knew though through this man's voice, actually and truly, and I, I've got that marked in my Bible, and I may have to preach on it this weekend, I don't know. But the Bible says in one place it says that never a man spake like this man. I believe that man that was sick of that palsy knew there was something about this man, just his command and his authority. And he trusted and believed Jesus at his word. And he arose and took up his bed. Now, this is my point with my brother. It took us, we didn't have physical therapy. We would get him out of the bed, lay him in the floor. We would exercise him, move his arms, move his legs. We'd done all that stuff, things the doctors told us to do. But for him to walk... It took us, it was almost like teaching a baby all over again, although he was about uh, 14 or 15 years old at the time, probably. He, his muscles had gone to nothing, see. And he, he was a big athlete, fine athlete, but laying there all those months, his muscles had just gone to nothing. So he was so weak, and we'd have to get on each side of him and help him to walk. Somebody said, well, why would you? I'm not wanting sympathy tonight. He's done gone, and he's at rest with the Lord. And boy, I've said this about you just had to note him. He's, he's helped and touched more lives than I'll ever think about touching. He, he was not ashamed. If you, if you was a stranger and you seen my brother, he'd just walk up to you and say, do you know my Lord? To where me and you, we, we try to outthink the Lord when the Lord puts that on our heart and we'll say, well, I don't know who they are and they might get offended and we overthink. Greg didn't overthink. If, if he felt like asking them, he's just going to ask them. And, and I mean, that's just, and you may say, preacher, why would you, this is my point. It took us several months to get him back to where he could walk again. But this man, 38 years, Greg was only a few months. This man for 38 years had never walked. And this day that Jesus comes by and looks on him and says, Wilt thou be made whole? Lost sinner, if you get saved, you'll have to want to get saved. And you'll have to want to get saved more than anything else. This man wanted to be healed enough, he let people carry him down there and he lay there day in and day out till the angel come and he tried his best to get in the water, but he just couldn't make it. How many times are you going to go? Or are you just going to go a few times and say, well, let the devil tell you, well, you ain't got it yet and you probably ain't going to. I wasn't even fooled with going back. How many times, and I know that may seem like a strange thought tonight, but that's what the Lord gave me when I got home last night laying in my bed. How many times are you going to go? Now, it don't take, this is what I want you to understand. It just takes the Lord coming by. That day the Lord come by. All it took was him speaking, that man obeying and believing and trusting and he was able to stand and rise up and take up his bed. And you may say, well, preacher, you don't know my circumstance. I don't, but I read to you in Matthew, and then I'm done, I think. I read to you in Matthew where it said, they brought unto him all manner of sick and diseased and lunatics and those of the palsy. All manner, it said. That, that excludes none. 
That's, that's every sickness I feel like that we could possibly imagine. They, they brought them to where Jesus was. And you remember what I read to you? And he healed them. So tonight, whatever your condition, ever how long you've been a-going, ever how long you've been a-seeking, as discouraged as you may be, I can, you may say, well, preacher, I can, listen, I get, I've learned a little bit in, 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 in getting old, older. I've learned you can't always, things just don't always come to fruition like that. It takes time. It takes time. I, I, listen, I've, I, and I, I know this is strange. I played ball all my life. All my life. Ever since I was big enough to, to, to bounce a basketball, to throw a baseball, to hit a softball, to, to throw and catch a foot. I mean, Dad had us in, that, in sports our, our whole. But, I mean, I always wanted to be. One of those A number one players. I wanted to be. I wanted to be somebody that could go out and make that last second shot. Did you, 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 kids don't play like kids used to. Our basketball court was dirt. Not grass. Not blacktop. It started out being grass. But within a couple of weeks, grass was gone. It was dirt. It was hard. It was, it was so hard that we used to have to take the water hose in the summertime. Spray it down. The dust, when you bounce the ball, the dust would poof and your ball would stay down there. You'd have to water it down. I'm, I'm being serious with you. I remember, I can take you to the place. So I, I, we don't have the old farm no more, but I can take you. I remember, but we, we practiced. And I can remember practicing. My backboard wasn't fiberglass and it wasn't glass. And it, wasn't, it didn't cost no uh, seven, eight thousand or whatever dollars that they are, seven, eight hundred or thousand dollars. I remember helping daddy nail the boards to the two befores and, that, and he bolted that old rim on it and there we was and that old put the old cedar post in the ground that was our ball goal that was our ball court but boy when you get out there you could be and I can't think of none of the names right off that was playing back then but but I, I I'd, I'd count down I'd start out at about ten nine and I'd have me maybe an old chair or an old barrel set up over there and something set up over there. I'd dribble down to it seven, do a reverse, come over here six, do another reverse, go up. And I missed. And I think, and I practiced. And I practiced. And I got to the place to where, you know what happened? I got to making some of them shots. And I got confident. I can make these shots. I can make that shot. I've just got to have confidence. And you may say, preacher, what are you saying? I, 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 what I'm saying is I didn't get discouraged after the first time I missed. After the first time I didn't make it. I've been right now and I ain't able to play ball no more. So all that's out the door. So I don't do the reverses and I don't even shoot no more. But I do hunt a lot. And, and, and you may say, boy, you've got some of the strangest thoughts. And I guess I do. But I coyote hunt a whole lot. I mean, I hunt for them. And I go out and I stalk and I sit up and I call. And, and I've done this for probably several months and I never called one in. And I thought, now, I know I can do this. I know I can. I'd watch videos and they would, they'd make it look so easy. They always do, don't they? I mean, they always make it look like the first time they go out, they sit up and here comes three or four and they kill two of them and ain't nothing to this. But it's not that easy, trust me. There... I kept a going, and I, remember, I still remember. You may say, Preacher, why would you just bear with me here? I remember the first one that I ever called in. And I was so anxious as soon as I seen it coming. It howled back, just yelped at me just a little bit or a little yodel. And I heard it, and now I looked, and I seen it. And here it come. And I, this may sound, y'all may, th may think I'm just a murderer and whatever else, you know. But I, I can't, it, that's just, I was raised doing those things. But I seen it coming as soon as I seen it. As soon as it got within about 100, 110 yards of me, I put the crosshairs on it, got it stopped, boom. Look, You know what happened? Had I been patient, there was two more behind it. I was just too anxious. I was just too anxious. But I've learned since then, be patient. So I don't shoot none of them kind of shots no more. I wait 
till they come in real close. And I make sure there ain't no buddies with them. And you may say, preacher, why would you? But I, I'll, I'll go sometimes for a month. It's been actually a little over a month probably since I've, no, it's not hardly been that long, but it's been a while since I've actually had any luck. But you know what I do? I keep a going. I keep a going. And sooner or later, there'll, there'll be one that ain't heard that sound before. And here you come. You may say, preacher, why? This is my point, lost sinner. And you may say, boy, that's a strange analogy. And it may be to you, but I can understand it. You, you can't quit if you ain't found it yet. You've got to keep going. How many times will you go till you find what you're looking for? How many times will you go with the right intention, with the right motives of finding the Lord? If you come to church just thinking, well, I'm going to go to church again, they probably ain't nothing going to happen, but I'm a-going anyway. Mom and Daddy wants me to. You probably ain't going to find the Lord. But if you'll go and say, God, I'd like to get saved tonight. If you can find it in your mercy, I wish you'd come by my way. And when He comes by and He speaks to your heart, if you'll trust Him and believe, you can find what your soul is standing in need of. That quick. After 38 years, one day, that quick, this man's able to rise up and walk and take up his bed. And when you get it, sinner friend, it'll be that quick. He'll come, he'll do his work in your heart if you'll trust in him, if you'll believe in him. I know tonight, and you may say, preacher, you, you've really lost me tonight. You ain't, but it's all that God give me. How many times will you keep going back? Will you not ever give up? Them that come to God, I'll quote this scripture here and I'll be done. Them that come to God, the Bible says, must, not maybe, must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You know what a diligent seeker will do? They'll keep going back. They'll keep going back. And they'll keep going back till they find what their soul is looking for. And he's got what you need tonight, sinner friend. I know tonight I seem like been awful scattered, but that's the thought God's placed on my heart. How many times will you go? Will you keep on, keep on, and keep on till you find him? Boy, I'd encourage you to. Don't never give up. You keep a seeking till you find him precious to your soul. And he has and he will do that work if you'll keep seeking him with a good, honest heart. I believe that with all my heart tonight. While we have us a song, that's as far as the Lord's going to let me travel.